You're listening to the Coach Ella podcast with your host, Phil Trill. Hello and welcome to this week's Coach Ella podcast with me, Phil Trill. This week I was joined by Tom Johnson, who is currently a first team performance analyst with Crystal Palace. He offers a unique insight into the game and his perspective on development within football. Hope you enjoy. You're listening to the Coach Ella podcast with your host, Phil Trill. Tom, thanks a million for joining us. Um, it's very good for you, to, kind of you, to give up your time. Just uh, let's start with how are you? How uh, how has this current situation hit you? How have you adapted? Um, and more importantly, how how is everything looking on your side? Yeah, it's, it's, to be fair, I've been, you know, I'm fine. It's, it's first, first and foremost, I've, 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 you know, I've stayed clear of it. You know, I've been obviously in lockdown over here in the, in England, um, which which is the same for everyone. I think you know, just keeping indoors, going out, what was once a day now a little bit more to do a bit more exercise now. But yeah, it's it's been different. Um, I feel like I've coped okay. You know, it's it's like everyone. You know, first couple of weeks were strange. Um, getting into a routine which you know no one's used to. You know, being at home all day. Um, you know, so strange and you know. Uh, I live with my fiance and her sister and our of us. There's four of us in a house together. So, but you know, we, we get on really well. So it's really lucky. You know, compared to some people, I couldn't imagine it being on on your own in this situation. Um, whereas we've got each other, so we're quite lucky in that respect. So on a personal level, we're absolutely fine. I, I've lucky enough not had any family members that have contracted it, so I've, I've not had to deal with kind of dealing with that and worrying about that, which is really really lucky. In touch, we would long that may continue. Um, yeah, and and then. You know, professionally, yeah, again, it's strange. Obviously, with no football being played at the minute, there's been no work to do. So, essentially, I've used it as a little break, to be honest, um, from my, my, my day job, my, my analysis work. Um, I have been doing, you know, a little bit of projects on my own that are kind of have, have kept me going, ticking over, really. But actually, the, the analysis for the build-up to the games that we, we do, and I'll, I'll talk about a bit later on, has been been really quiet because, obviously, we don't know when the game's going to be played. We do now. Um, so, yeah, so as, as of kind of this week, I've been back on the kind of work schedule. Um, but but the nine weeks previous have been kind of pretty quiet. Um, I have a part-time role with, with the academy as well, which I coach uh, the under 13. So been a little bit more busier with that um, in in the respect that we've been doing a lot, a lot online kind of um, um, Zoom calls and, and different kind of engagements with the, the younger lads that I coach, the under 13 boys. Um, so yeah, so, so keep myself busy. I've used it as a little bit of a break because we know now this period of time going back, we're not going to have that. You know, um, if, if the season had finished when it was winter season, we'd I'd normally have six or seven weeks off um, in June, uh, back end of May to kind of chill out. And <laughs> that's not going to happen now. So um, it's, it's really from now, you know, the work starts. But, you know, it's, it's been, been, a, been, a, been a strange time, but it's been OK. And I've, I've coped. Yeah, it looks like it may be a busy period um, in terms of whenever they look to, to start 2020-2021 season. It could be a potentially busy time um, for you running in, so I suppose... 100%, yeah. Yeah. The rest has been kind of good. The, the schedule is not well. Schedule's yet to be confirmed. The Premier League, but we've had a, a you know, it's looking highly likely that they're going to try and fit all nine games remaining that we've got within a kind of six-week period. Um, so it'll be like a, almost like a two-game a week or three-game a week if you want to look at it that way for for three or four weeks, um, which is you know when when we're normally used to having one game, it's it's it's, it's uh, a lot different to our schedule as analysts to, to prepare for that because you get you know the time just gets cut in half. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're prepared for it. What we're able to do now is get ahead a little bit, um, but but yeah, it's going to be a busy, busy period. 
Okay, just I, I just want to touch touch on your role there, just in terms of a busy period. You mentioned uh, coaching with an under thirteen team via Zoom, uh, or via online or whatever platform. Yeah. How, how have you found that? It, it, it's been amazing, really. Um, obviously, no no one's kind of prepared. No no one was prepared for this, you know. In terms, you know, mm-hmm. however however what everyone wants to say, but you know, everyone's adapted. I think, you know, not just ourselves at Crystal Palace, but, you know, I've got, I've got a lot of friends that work at other clubs as well who obviously you know, done similar things in terms of the, the engagement with the players. Um, you know, we, we started off doing weekly phone calls to the players just in making sure their welfare was okay, how they were coping. Um, we're really lucky, obviously, we've got um, sports science staff and, and um, who have designed physical programmes for the boys to, to carry on doing their kind of mobility work and their conditioning. Um, so hopefully when we come back, they're not too far off what they would have been uh, when we when we do come back. Um, so that, that's been fantastic. And the guys have worked really hard to push that out and they're doing morning, uh, they even started an Instagram page. So all the lads jump on an Instagram live every morning with the head of sports science at the academy and do a mobility session for 45 minutes. Some of the staff have been jumping on as well. So every day that's happened so far um, for, the, for the, you know, the 90 plus odd days we've been in this situation now. Um, alongside that, we've been then um, setting technical challenges and, and technical programs maybe two or three times a week where they're, you know, different tasks, you've seen them all. Um, they've, they've done the rounds on social media, you know, the, the football up against the wall, how many times can you receive it back? And plus, you know, at the minute, or, you know, always we're, we're big on the technical side of things. So trying to get the boys to do stuff in their own gardens that they can do, you know, obviously it's so different to, to training on, on the grass. And But, you know, can they can they show us their turns? Can they show us their the ball manipulation in, in different spaces? Obviously, you know, some, some lads have big gardens, some have, you know, living estates where, you know, they haven't got no garden at all. So it's, 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 it's been brilliant to see because, you know, we get all the lads to forward on all their, their clips and we share them with the players, share them with the group. Um, so it's, it's been, been really interesting. And, you know, the biggest thing I've found is all the lads have cracked on and done it. You know, there's, there's not one lad that, um, in our age group anyway where, you know, they've not, you know, not sent anything in. Um, you know, there's some that send loads in, there's some that just send, send a few bits in, but they've all been doing little bits at home. And, you know, it's, it's been great to see them getting their brothers involved or their, their, you know, their parents involved in some of their training or even designing their own little practices, which, you know, probably in academy football and, uh, you know, even at grassroots level, I suppose, you know, the coaches there, he puts on the session, the kids go home. To actually see boys, you know, as young as 12, 13, designing their own little um, sessions and doing little bits in the garden and then filming it and sending it in. It's been, you know, really, really good to see. And, you know, it's give, definitely given me food for thought going back to actually, you can probably give the lads even a little bit more ownership than we try to do when, when coming up with little um, parts of the session. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that the creativity shown online by uh, all age groups um, and and the ownership of, of the players has been a positive, let's say, of, of this downtime in terms of them taking ownership of their individual development, which is really, really unique for 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 all ages. Uh, um, so I, th- I think I think it's positive. It's great to hear that that your your crew are creating their own sessions um, and uh, challenging each other as well, which is really really important. Um, how how do you manage? I I I, I want to go back in because in in your coach and just looking back on, on on your CV there, do the due diligence research that that you have to do on these things. Um, summer camps. You started coaching in summer camps. That was your original kind of break into yes. coaching, was it? Or was there something before that? Or yeah, how did that, that Yeah, so so yeah, my, my my kind of journey started really, you know, obviously played as a kid, was never good enough to kind of go on and play professionally, kind of learned that early, early, quite early on, um, but kind of, kind of went into the kind of, you know, 
college, well, um, leaving school in that age where you know, it's, it's a bit different than Ireland, you call it college university, but that, that age group, 16, 17, 18, where you know, I had a decision to make what I want to do as a degree. Um, and, and kind of sport had always been part of my life. Um, grew up playing football and other sports cricket um, and, and, and decided actually, you know, I had a real good interest in that and decided to pursue it as a, a career at the time. So at the time I was, I was coaching um, grassroots um, in, in a local I was lucky enough to get an opportunity in a local, um, you know, it was, it was a soccer schools really, but back in South End where I grew up, um, and 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 through through a friend got put in touch with someone just to go and do the summer camps. You know, your 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 ninety kids turning up on a Monday there to the Friday, putting on different sessions, and you know, some call it babysitting, but you know, it's where you learn learn your craft and um, you know, get learn to manage big groups and numbers like that. So um, that was when I was kind of seventeen. Um, went to university, you know, passed my my college, um, you know. Uh, to get into university and that's kind of when it, you know the degree I decided to do was a, a coaching and sports science degree so I kind of made the leap to actually go and you know study and, and, and the theoretical side around it um, as well as continuing my kind of work um, coaching part-time um, you know wasn't in a club or anything I was so you know uh, I shadowed um, uh, a friend a friend of mine who was working in the academy at Southend but you know very much just volunteering going down and watching what his sessions were really um, lucky enough when I was at university so I went to move to Nottingham um, I went to Nottingham Trent University um, and re reason really I went to Nottingham you know out of the, when you choose all universities was you know I was looking at opportunities in these places so you know Nottingham's you know blessed with two football teams it's got an ice hockey team it's got a really good rugby team a cricket team so uh, for, for someone that was doing sports science and, and coaching mm. you know it felt like the right place to be because you know whatever opportunity I was going to come out I didn't know at the time analysis but at the, at the, at the time it was seemed like a good place to go you know there might be an opportunity to go and help out the ice hockey I don't know, I don't know anything about ice hockey but you know at the time it, it seemed like a good idea to go somewhere where there's lots of opportunities like that went there and and something did pop up I was lucky enough to be put in touch with um with a guy called Ray Power who is actually um, from Ireland um he yeah. is a, he's a coach he's wrote wrote some um, really good books um on coaching you've probably, probably come across him um and a real good friend of mine now, and he, he was he was working at Central College Nottingham, which again it was a was a college program, which um, there's there's quite a lot of them now, but the 16 to 19 college programs where these lads come in and, and train in the morning, they do the college work in the afternoon. And it was a full time program, and I assisted Ray for, for two years there um, doing that, and that was the first kind of time that I was coaching at a level which was you know they, they were they were semi pro footballers I suppose at the time a lot of them were playing Saturdays and getting paid to play. Um, and it's quite a good standard, really. We had we had a couple of boys that went on actually went and ended up in the pro game uh, from from that that scheme. Um, so that that was going on alongside my university degree whilst I was you know um, trying to have a good time and and, and all that. Um, and then and then I was I, again. It, I, I've said this a few times in the, over the last weeks when I've done these kind of things. I was, I was probably the right place at the right time, you know. But um, one one lecture in my second year, um, we had an opportunity for. Um, the head of academy analysis at Derby County came in and did a lecture on analysis. And at the time, um, you know, it's something I hadn't really come across. Um, you're talking, this was 2011. Um, so analysis was, was a thing. Analysis was in clubs. A lot, lot of clubs did have analysis, but in terms of how big it's become over the last probably five, five years, um, it wasn't the case. So academy analysts weren't, weren't a thing really. There was maybe one or two in each, um, you know, one, one in each club, let's say. Um, and this guy was coming in basically to offer the opportunity if he wanted to, to come in and help, help the academy analysis department film games on a Sunday at Derby County. Um, so, so I looked at the kind of what, 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 what an analyst does for essentially, you know, watching football, giving information to the coaches, um, being that kind of, you know, eyes and ears for the coach, you know, on opposition stuff. And it, it kind of ticks all the boxes that I kind of, you know, felt that I was, you know, my skill set was, you know, 
Um, so I applied for the role, um, was one of six interns from our cohort of students from the university and, and, and did that for 18 months. Um, driving to Derby County every Sunday morning uh, at the crack of dawn to go and film an under nines game or an under 12s game uh, on a Sunday morning. And that, that over the 18 months developed into something a little bit more than just filming games. And, and like most internship interns should be, it should be a kind of a, a progress, you know, hopefully to make you employable. And that's, you know, since working full time, that's what I've, I've always tried to make, you know, opportunities for people when they've come in and wanted that opportunity. And it was, to be fair, I was really lucky. Um, great, great club to, um, you know, to start off at and, and work for. Um, yeah, so so I did that for 18 months and, and again, was in a real good position at the end of that um, internship and finished my degree um, that, that Derby County were going from, uh, in, in, in the academy system in this country, they, they were going from a Category 2 academy into a Category 1 academy academy so what that meant for them was that they were you know to, to you know pass the criteria essentially you had to have improved the numbers of staff you have and essentially the academy analysis department had to go from one member of staff to three um, and I, I, I applied for the role and got the role as, as one of the three analysts that they were employing um, and that role what that looked like that was a nice to 16 analyst so that was an entry-level role really and you know they, they do come around um, Quite, quite often in football to be fair these are the roles are kind of that the IC advertise mostly really and they're working with the younger age groups but it's more of a developmental analyst role so you're you know obviously you're not in charge of filming every game but you, you have to work with the interns and the coaches in the you know youth development and foundation phase and, and providing some sort of some form of analysis to those age groups um, to support them in their development for the academy um, yeah so that that role um, came about and I, I jumped straight into it alongside whilst that I was doing that I was also doing my master's degree so I kind of made the choice at the time it was a, it was a you know one of them to, to either finish uni and crack on with a full-time work or you know whilst I was in that study and bubble I suppose to, to to get my master's degree now people ask me all the time um, do, you, do you need a master's degree to be an analyst do you need a university degree to be an analyst I don't think you do no to be honest that's me being honest I've spent five years of my life studying at university for a job that I don't think you necessarily but however some roles they do say that you, know, you need to be a sports science student or coaching as we have whatever analyst student whatever um, I think that's just to, to sometimes um, you know cut the CVs in half in terms of what they get but there is there is routes that so people that haven't studied I think it's important to understand there is routes into the professional game as an analyst if you haven't studied so don't just see that on a on a resume or, or a you know a job spec and say right well, I'm not going to apply for that because there's plenty of examples of, of coaches who have gone the route into an analysis um, as well but I, I, I was lucky well I went the kind of conventional route I suppose is, is the most commonly route that is found in analysis um, and, and did that so um, my master's degree, I decided to do that at the time because um, I felt that it might, it might give me some more opportunities further down the line at some other roles. I was looking at kind of um, on LinkedIn at other people doing roles at, you know, higher up than, you know, who had 10 years experience, let's say. Uh, and a lot of them did seem to have then their master's degree. And again, it's not essential. So it's a bit of paper that, that cost me a lot of time and a lot of effort. But um, and, and what I, what did I learn on the master's degree? I wouldn't say put me in good stead for the role. I've learned more probably on the internship than the role. So, you know, that's not me being too harsh on the university. But I think that's that's me being honest to, to what it is, really. Um, so, yeah, so I did I finished finished my master's degree and I was still working at the club um, and, and moved up just after that, actually, after. 18 months, two years working there to work with the under 18. So the role that I was working with the nice 16s um, kind of didn't finish, but I, you know, the 18s Alice moved up to the 23s and I moved up. So it's just a progression in, in the club. Um, and that, that role really kind of looked a little bit different rather than kind of working across the, the age groups. I was specifically working with um, the under 18s um, head coach and assistant coach and, and, and really 
obviously in, in academy football, the nines, the 16s, there's no competitive games. You know, they're all kind of um, friendly games, really. There's no league table. Although they're very competitive in terms of the actual football being played, there's no kind of league table. However, under 18s football, you're, you're in the FA Youth Cup, you're in uh, the, you know, the, the Premier League of academy football. Um, so it's, it becomes kind of, you know, Saturday games, preparing for them, looking at the opposition. And that, that's kind of where I really kind of started to learn even more about the kind of preparing for games and, and doing the analysis on opposition and, and what, what kind of people look at analysis from the outside looking in, I suppose, is. Um, and yeah, I, I was really fortunate to work, work with two um, really good coaches, Justin Walker, um, the under-18s head coach and Rory Delap, who's the, at the time was the 18s assistant coach. Um, so two really experienced guys, ex-players who, who kind of, you know, were students of the game themselves. Really, really kind of great guys to work alongside. And, and you know, I was still learning at the time. I was only in the game myself kind of three or four years professionally. So um, as, as an analyst, so they, they, they you know, helped me out massively as well to put me on my path to, to where I am now. Um, so, yeah, that, that role was, was a great role and a really, really good club to work for at the time um, when I was there. Um, they, the, you know, it was well documented how much kind of the, the chairman has, has put into that club over the time, and, and the, the the this department was well funded. To be fair, you know, it was probably you know overfunded in terms of what you look at other clubs. We had, you know, the first team department was they had seven or eight members of staff at one point, which is incredible, incredibly staff members. And then the academy we had six or seven members of staff, which again is incredibly like you know well well resourced uh, in terms of football um, at a championship level. Um, so yeah, so that that was a. Uh, I was at the club for, I left in Jan, uh, February of 2017. And the reason for that was, you know, it wasn't you know, anything controversial. It was, I got to the stage there where uh, my boss, Steve, who, who I'm still good, really good friends with, he, you know, he'd, he'd been there a long time. And I felt that I was in a position where, I, you know, I didn't see myself taking his role. Um, and I, I felt professionally for myself, I had to probably move elsewhere to, to, to further my career. Um, you know, the, the roles don't come around often in analysis. And, and again, it's similar to coaching in that respect. But, you know, when you see a role and you kind of know it's the right role for you, you might have to apply for it, even if, you know, you might think a bit, bit too early in your journey or, you know, I, I found that but it, it all, all the stars aligned for me a little bit. You know, and my, my girlfriend at the time, who is now my fiance, she um, was living in London. You know, we'd been apart for six years. We hadn't lived together. So, you know, we got together just before I went to university. So we'd always lived long distance. And um, it'd been six years by then. And so personal level, it was kind of moving down south to kind of um, live with her and, and on a professional level there was a role at Crystal Palace which was the head of academy analysis and the under 23s analyst so it's a joint joint role um, and, th and what that role looked like is obviously day-to-day -day working with the 23 staff um, like I was with the under 18s and, and preparing for games and doing doing the analysis for them but also overseeing the department so all the analysts that worked in the club at the academy level overseeing them with the students also the interns that, that come in so more of a kind of um, you know, a bit, bit, bit more managerial role in that respect for, for the department. Um, so yeah, ticked all the boxes. Um, and again, I, I, I just take you back to kind of the levels of academy. Crystal Palace are the category two academy. They're looking at the minute to go to category one. Um, so although it was a, um, a step up in terms of the Crystal Palace being a Premier League club, um, the actual infrastructure of the academy was probably, you know, they won't mind me saying, probably less than what Derby were in terms of the facilities and terms. So it was a good opportunity for me to go in there and really kind of develop that department and, and take it from, you know, you know, no disrespect to the people there before me, but take it from a, you know, a more basic level and, and add bits to it as I went along over the two years that I worked, worked there in the academy. So it was a real good opportunity for me to kind of put my ideas in that I'd learned off other people uh, and develop that department there, which, you know, I felt that like we did over the two years and. Um, that led me on to get being offered the role in the first team. So I was there for two years uh, with the academy, um, and you know, like things are, like football people move on. Uh, the analyst in the first team moved on to to go to West Ham United, 
Um, and then the opportunity arose for me to, to step up and, and work with the first team. So I, I jumped at that really, to be fair. Um, you know, not, not for everyone, you know, coaches I speak to and, and other people, they say, you know, they feel that they work better working with, you know, younger players, working development level. But for, for me, my, my aim was really to kind of get to that first team, team level. And I didn't want to rush. I didn't want to get there like in one year. And, you know, I felt at the time I've done it and I've kind of been in each role for kind of two years as I've gone along. Um, and, and I progress pretty pretty smoothly through. As, you know, I speak to so many people. It's not always a kind of a smoothest journey as it has been for me. Um, not many bumps in the road. But um, I felt that kind of I've, I've tried to always build relationships with people and, and, and build up trust with people that I've come across. Um, and that's put, probably put me instead, really, to be fair. Um, so yeah, so that's led me to kind of where I'm at, at now, really, as, as, as a first team analyst at Crystal Palace. Um, yeah, it's been a been a quite of a whirlwind since you know going to university and then jumping on the, the full-time work in the professional club. But yeah, it's led me to, to where I am now. Yeah, wow. What a journey, you know, when, when you look at, um, when you look at going from college and, and when, you, when you mentioned you didn't quite know that much about analysis and now it's your, it's your, it's your everyday. Yeah. It's your everyday. Um, and I think that's coincided a lot with the, the coach education, definitely in terms of the Irish aspect, you know, analysis now is, I, I, from my own personal experience, it's it's everything. You know, if you don't have uh, data to back up, or or very least video footage, um, to back up. And nowadays, uh, players will question. They're a bit more critical in terms of their thinking. They they'll ask these questions. Well, why are we putting the ball in there? You know, we haven't scored. For example, a loose example again. You know, we haven't scored by putting an in swing corner. And why are we always putting it in? What is the logic yeah. behind it? You know, and I think um. Having having that involved in the game now is so so important if if you want to succeed. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think what you're finding now, you say you've got the the, the generation of players that are are asking questions. They're, they're not afraid to speak up to the coach. Where you know in, in previous years it was coach's word is final. You know that's not the case so much. And I think it's better for everyone. I think you know there's no no harm in that. And as long as you've got the evidence to back it up, and it works the other way as well. You know if a player comes to you and says you know he has been doing that on the pitch, and you say actually I can show you the video where you haven't been doing that. Now I'm not saying that's why we use the video, but it can certainly be used both ways. You know if a player kind of disagrees with what the coach is saying. You can say actually no. We'll look at the video after. So it can it can be used both ways, which you know it's, it's only a plus for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. It, it brings a lot of uh, it brings a lot of I suppose integrity and honesty to the work that's been done. You know, um, with uh, with your experience of coaching and uh, in terms of analysis, how how do you differ the times? You know, are your under thirteens the most highly analytical side in in England, or or what way does it work? You know, no. how do you take to, a foot off the gas? Yeah. It? To be fair, kind of obviously when when I kind of started, went went into university and then was doing the coaching, I kind of stopped doing the. Well, I came off off field coaching really for for a long time, uh, and only jumped back in. Um, the start of this season, well, you know, the season just played. Um, so that, that was really because of time. I didn't have the time to commit to, to obviously coaching and, and, and do it. And um, I made the decision as, as more of a kind of personal development point of view, really, to get my UEFA B. I had done my level two from it, so I hadn't really had time with the master's degree to jump on any more coaching qualifications. So I decided I, I wanted to pick them up back up and, and not necessarily to, to, to be a coach long term. To You know, I still see my pathway as an analyst and really enjoy, enjoy doing that. However, you know, I think, Definitely having that that UEFA B license is going to benefit me 
a getting back on the grass coaching and seeing it from the other side you know the bits of information we're giving to the coaches you know seeing it from the other point of view when we're working with analysts it, it helps um and also kind of having that that kind of you know almost a qualification to you know if i'm going in you know speak to a coach and he wants to you know have my opinion or, or speak to me then if he knows that i've got that qualification he knows i've got at least, at least that level of of, of mm. like, uh, understanding if he if he doesn't know me you know over time you build trust with anybody and you know, i've been lucky enough to to do that with everyone i've worked with i feel um but if you if you're just on the face of it you know two people you've never met you know for instance that's just an easy easy way so i see, see it as that point as well so in terms of the, the group i coach you know i, I I try and keep it separate a little bit. Obviously, you know, I've got I've got the experience as an analyst, but you know, at, at the club we've got analysts that work with the younger age group, so I kind of I'm, I'm not kind of doing their work for them if you understand what I mean. However, you mm. know, it's it's great, great to you know the head coach that I work with, Dave Cooper. Um, you know, he, he he does lean on me every now and then for that kind of stuff because he knows it's my expertise. However, you know, the lads the lads are great. They, you know, like like you mentioned earlier, play, younger players, you know, have had it through the system now, um, so they're used to watching themselves back on the video. They're used to having kind of you know unit and team meetings about their their performance. So, you know, we we try and incorporate it into the program um, as much as possible. You know, obviously they're they're only trained kind of two or three nights a week. Uh, and play on the weekend so it's, it's not a full-time program in that age group so there's not loads of time to you know sit in a classroom and go dissect every part of the game like you might would with a you know a first team or an under 18s team for instance however you know we try and do you know regular meetings every couple of weeks to kind of just um you know aid, aid their development really yeah yeah so so i suppose it yeah so it, it works um it works in terms of aiding them on, on a gradual step that they're not uh just over saturated, I suppose, in information when they come. Exactly. Yeah. To, yeah. To, yeah. To, to yeah we try. Them. We try and build it up in a, you know, um, when I worked in the academy, the whole process really was to try and build it up. So once they get to under 18s, under 23s, that they've, you know, slowly built up their. You know, so for instance, an under nine is not going to be sitting there for 20 minutes dissecting the game. They might just be watching their clips. You know, once yeah. they get to under 15, they might have a little bit more tactical work and looking actually at the game from another aspect rather than just kind of just watching themselves. They might have a bit more kind of feedback from each other. Um, by the time they're under 23, it's more like what a first team looks like in terms of actually, you know, sitting there and pointing out kind of strengths, weaknesses, and, and so on and so forth. And what, in terms of you, in terms of your specific role now with the first team, you know, what does let's say a match week look like for you? Uh, let's say we go one. We don't want to scare you too far away with yeah. three matches a week. Yeah, let's yeah, go yeah. one no, match no, every, you, every yeah. Saturday. So, yeah, so, so I, I, I work, so the department um, at Crystal Palace, um, myself and my colleague Rob, uh, and we work together on the opposition analysis side of things. So we're, we're the match analysts as well, video analysts for the club. Um, so we're, we're solely you know, responsible for, for you know, preparing the, 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 the dossier and the, 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 the opposition video for, for the coaching staff. Um, so we work on a work on a process, and it's it's different at every club. Really, every analyst group of analysts work differently at each club. You know, some work like we do, and some do it differently. So uh, we work on a game off, game on, game off um, kind of scenario. For instance, so if for instance we're playing Liverpool this weekend, um, that's that might be Rob's game. I'll be preparing for the game the week after. If you understand so and then yeah. rob won't prepare for that game he'll prepare for the game after that so you're always working kind of in a two-week cycle um, and what that two weeks will look like i spend majority of the first week really so watching the opposition i watch kind of seven or eight games um you know for instance let's say you know um, bournemouth we've got bournemouth on our next game so i'll i'll watch seven or eight games in that first week monday tuesday just kind of churning through the games um and the way, way we break it down and most analysts do and most coaches do really is, is looking at kind of through the thirds um, in and out of possession. So how do they build up? 
what, how do they create in the midfield third and how, how do they score goals in the final third uh, or create chances in the final third and off, uh, defensively how do they press how do they mid block how do they defend around the box and then obviously you've got the transitions and uh, and set plays as well to, to look at so each game's dissected and we, we use um, sports code huddle sports code which is kind of a, an industry wide software mm-hmm. using you know you know, most sports seem to be fair. Um, elite sports use Huddle Sports Code. There is other softwares as well, but um, we use that to click the games and, and code the games. I suppose this might be one of the questions later um, about kind of dissecting that into the different. So what what we're basically doing is building a, a picture on the opposition um, on the first week. Really, that's why I spend the whole kind of first Monday to Friday really kind of dissecting the opposition. Whilst we're doing that, we're kind of um, Populating documents, for instance, we we produce a dossier, a kind of a ten-page dossier on each every opposition, talking, you know, going from their strengths, the weaknesses, the you know how they build up, you know, like I mentioned earlier, also about you know, um, there's a few statistical pages and information on individual players as well. So as as we're watching the games, we're kind of populating that as we go, so it's all ready for the following week to to push out to the staff and players. Um, Obviously, then at the weekend we have a game, so so kind of the the eyes are taken off the opposition because you know I help out Rob with the uh, the other game that he's he's had that weekend, so I'll travel to the game or be at the game at home if it's at home, um, and 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 code the game. I'll talk a little about that in a, in a sec, um, and then from the Sunday, then I'm watching the game of the opposition from the day before. So you've you've done maybe watch five or six games, and then they've played as well, so you have to watch that game. So essentially, by by a, a say a Monday afternoon. I've watched all their last games, the game that they've played on, on, on the weekend, and I've got a real good picture of what they're looking like in and out of possession, um, on transition and set plays. Um, it's then my job to then kind of narrow that down. I might have watched seven or eight games into a kind of a, a 12 minute video, really, just, just to give to the, to, to the, to the, um, to the coaches. Now, um, again, different clubs work it differently. Uh, our current regime, we kind of, we give them a kind of end product. So rather than um, the coaches and the managers sitting down and watching the games, they'll, they'll just take what we give them, um, which, which is one, one way where we work. Um, and then we have, we show the coaches on a Tuesday. So that, that video is, is um, we, we tend to kind of have a 12 minute video. Um, we work off really, uh, uh, kind of a, it can go over, it can be under sometimes. So that's kind of, and that's kind of probably seven, seven minutes, seven and a half minutes in possession. So looking at how they attack and how we would obviously defend against it. Uh, and then kind of maybe four or five minutes about them out of possession. So how are we going to play against them? What are their kind of strengths or weaknesses defensively? Um, that video is kind of graphics as well. So if you don't see Monday Night Football in the Premier League, you see all the graphics on the, the players. So we add all that to it. So the whole process is, you know, without it's a long process in terms of from, from watching the raw games to adding the animations, to tweaking the, the solutions that we're going to put in there. We put on animated kind of um, tactics as well. So, so you know, for instance, if, you, if you're trying to explain a, a, you know, a certain phase of play, uh, we might animate a... a you know, a keynote slide or a, or a PowerPoint slide to, to move, move the circle so it looks like, you know, so you can show it almost like a tactics board on the screen. Um, and then and then the videos support that. So it's it's by Tuesday afternoon that's presented to the coaches and that's pretty much the, the final draft, but, you know, maybe a few tweaks, a few, few minor adjustments ahead of the weekend. Um, so, yeah, so that gets, but that gets presented to the players on a, on a Friday. Um, so the rest of the week is, is then, then kind of um, used to kind of, finish off anything else so uh, we present a set play meeting later on in the week so we'll be then be looking at the set plays and then really dissecting them down for, for the for the meeting later in the week um we'll be uh, preparing individual videos on the players so we we, we provide all, every single player um that plays for that team we're, we're looking at uh, a video so for instance you know if we're, if we're looking at ball if we'll have a video on Callum Wilson video video on Harry Wilson video on you know, uh, so, uh, 
Solanke, for instance, um, and we give them to the players to watch. So, for instance, if I'm if I'm Joel Ward, um, you know, he wants to watch you know, Harry Wilson's clips from his last five games. He can then see, right, okay, well, how's he attacking? How, what way does he go? You know, what what does he do? You know, if he's cutting in on his left, does he shoot or does he cut back on his right? Um, he can then watch that. Now we upload that onto our online platform Huddle. Um, which you know, the lads can have access to, they all have access to, and they can go on and watch what they want, really. Um, we don't force it. You know, they're, they're all professional footballers. It's up to them if they want to go and go on there and, and watch it. At development level, when, when I used to work in the academy, we used to kind of you know, say to the players, right, make sure you're watching your clips. But, you know, we can't really say that to the professionals because, you know, it's, it's up to them, their own, their own kind of uh, performance, really. So, yeah, so the rest of the week spent kind of tweaking the videos that we've presented to the coaches uh, and, and then preparing everything else in terms of the individual videos, the set plays, um, we finish the documents that we, we print out and give to the players, and then then the match day comes. So, so the match day, um, it's easy easier to speak for a home match day, really. Um, um, we'll present on a on a Friday the both meetings. So you know we split the meetings into an inner possession and out possession meeting. Although it's like one video of twelve minutes, we kind of split the two in. Um, one gets presented before training, one then after, um, on a Friday. Um, and then on a match day, on the Saturday, let's say, um, players will arrive at the ground and we do the set play meeting uh, at the ground um, where it's the final reminders. And there might be a few little um, cues in there for, for the coaches to, to remind players about the in and out possession, but mainly, mainly just set plays, which Dean Kiley, our goalkeeper coach, presents to the lads. Um, and then we're ready to go into the change room. So um, that's when our quiet time happens, really. So once the team sheets are in and we, we get that kind of hour and a half of lull, really, once all our information has been given out, we know who's in the team. Uh, we know who kind of, you know, if any players have turned up on the team sheet that haven't been playing, we can give the players some videos that we've done. Um, for instance, you know, there was an example when we played Sheffield United, a player, um, they signed Sanderberg came into the into the um into the squad who hadn't you know he only signed two days before so mm. we had to get up on video that we prepared so it was a great example of us doing that work to, to come into fruition really um so yeah so once once the game kind of comes around we get ourselves up onto the uh, we, we sit um normally higher up in the stand um our position at crystal palace at home is not great it's right tucked up in the corner but most most grounds it's you know pretty high pretty central um, so we get that kind of almost like bird's eye view on the pitch or cent central view on the pitch, really. Um, Rob, my colleague, is is mic'd up to the to the first team coach, um, and and then we we have the responsibility of of obviously Rob. Um, he's been at the club four years working with the first team, so he's a little bit more senior than me. He he um, provides the feedback to the coaches on it, on anything tactically that we that we see, um, but he's also clipping up clips that might might want to show the, the the gaffer or the first team coaches at half time as well. So he's he's preparing that whilst I'm coding everything. <laughs> so from from you know corners to to look back afterwards, mainly as a reference point. Um, well then you know. At half time, go down. If the coaches want to see anything, we've got it there to show them. Uh, and Rob's kind of clipping, and, and he, we get access to all the different angles as well. So we've got kind of seven or eight angles of, of, of the game. So it's not just the broadcast angle where they cut to the goalkeeper doing his shoelaces up or something. Mm -hmm. We've got the wide angle, we've got the ones behind the goal. So if we want to see anything in particular from a certain angle at half time, we're able to show the coaches that. Um, the coaches also have this from, I think it's from last season, but We've had it from this season, the iPad on the bench. Um, so we, we, we're we responsible for kind of making sure that works as well. And we're sending a, a stream down to the bench so the coaches can actually view the game as it's going on, um, which has been a real good resource for us this season. Um, so, yeah, game finishes. Obviously, hopefully we've, we've had a win, which is always nice, um, especially in the Premier League, where they're so sometimes hard to come by. Um, but, yeah, you know, from that point onwards, we send a discussion with the coaches, kind of um, obviously how the game went. 
if the game's gone to plan uh, as we set out. Um, and, and really going back to the video, really, our, our, our game plan that we present and the coaches present to the players is kind of obviously how we want to play. Um, and that, that then really is reflected in the post-match that we do. You know, have, have, we, have we kind of got out our key points that we said in the, in the pre-match in, like, you know, in the game? Um, if we have, then brilliant. Fingers crossed we've won the game because that's how we've wanted to set out. And, you know, it does happen. And it's a great feeling when that does happen because obviously you put all that hard work into preparing that way um, and, and, you know, get the three points. But sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes things 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 conjure up and um, then you have to dissect that and go through the post-match. So we normally present that, again, say we've played on the Saturday, by the Tuesday, really, or, or latest um, Wednesday um, to the players. So, yeah, it's, it's a full circle. And then, obviously, then you start again on the Monday preparing for the game the following two weeks. So, it's, it's a constant flow of, of watching football and, and dissecting it and analysing it and getting ready for the next game, really. So, um, you can imagine now when we've got three games in a week, what that looks like. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's going to be a lot, a lot of football, a lot of sleepless nights. Yeah, I'd say. It, yeah, it's, 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 you know, obviously the Christmas period was was is, is busy as well. Um, you know, we spent spent a lot of Christmas Day this year watching um, Southampton, <laughs> which was not how how a lot of people were envisioned watching the, doing the Christmas Day. But it's it's part and parcel working in football. You know, I've, I've, I've kind of you know this is where I've wanted to be for so long. So now I'm here. You know, you kind of enjoy it whilst playing. You know. Alex, my missus, she's very very forgiving. She understands that you know it's, it's, it's all good and. Know, part part of the role really and you know, it's good. Yeah, well I'm sure well, I'm sure the uh well I'm sure the, the, the breaks off and the weeks off have done have done good in terms of re energizing you. I'm sure you're you're looking forward to getting jumped back right into it straight away. Yeah, it's it's, it's been it's been like I say this week I've started to kind of you know up up my workload in terms of what I've been doing, especially you know now preparing getting what I can get done now ahead of the games really. Um, so it's been nice getting back, watching a bit of football, preparing a little bit, you know, uh, refreshing yourself on, on kind of some of the things that you've not really thought about for a couple of weeks. But, um, you know, like most people, getting back to some formal normality after this will be, will be you know, well, well needed, I think. <laughs> yeah, with, um, with it's, it's, it's in terms of analysis, just, just an interesting one. With uh, last week, our guest was um, Thomas Gronemark, who's a throwing coach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that part of your team in terms of analysis? Do you look specifically at throw-ins or? Yeah, so so obviously Thomas's research and his work has been obviously groundbreaking for 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 a lot of clubs. And and to be fair, I, I think you know from from you know I've I've heard him speak a number of times, and I tuned in a little bit last week when he was on as well. Um, and and his research and his his results he's got from doing it are incredible. And you know. Even coaching the under 13s that I do, you know, how, how many times, how frustrated I get from from, from these boys making poor decisions of these these, you know, these start giving away possession. We, uh, the head coach I work with, Coops, you know, we talk all the time. How you know, how can you introduce things into training? You know, uh, from an analysis point of view, you know, it's definitely something that we we could, you know, look at more. Um, it, it's interesting, you know, we, we, you can see how busy we are, you know, every day looking at kind of just the general, general stuff, you know, do we look at thrones? Yeah, we do look at thrones, you know, um, an example coming to mind is, you know, Aston Villa at the start of this season, we played them in the, you know, the sixth or seventh game, they had a really good, um, basically, you know, two players switched over and they just switched play. They did it about three or four times against us in the game and we couldn't get our heads around it on the, at the time, you know, transferring that information from the stand to the pitch, what they were doing. Uh, and, you know, second half, we managed to show at half-time and this is what they're doing. If they do it, just stay where you are because they're going to run onto you. Um, so you can see where, you know, our work, although, you know, it might not have been clear before because it might be something they introduced that week, week before we could make an in in intervention at half-time 
to say, right, you know, watch this. This is what they're doing. You know, because the players were trying to man mark from the front and getting crossed over, getting blocked, and then they were just switching out the other side every time. Uh, we said, right, just stay where you are. Let them run onto you, and you know that that can't happen. Um, so they're, they're the little intervention. So, you know, we do and try and predict trends, and you know, you know, obviously we look at you know if a team have got a long throw, um, you know, you can kind of you know set up for that. Uh, or, or, or like that example there, you know, if you if you see it in the build up to games where you're looking at opposition and you say, right, you know, Aston Villa have got this throw in that they'd use and get get a lot of success of it. How do we can counteract that? What's our solution to to their their strength there? Um, but but in terms of looking at ourselves, I think that's definitely something we could we could definitely um, improve on in terms of, of, of self analysis of, of ourselves and how we can benefit from that. And I'm quite looking forward to reading Thomas's book when it comes out to kind of see if there's any any little key bits of information. I'm sure he's not going to give all his secrets away, but I'm sure there's going to be a couple of uh, snippets in there that we can uh, definitely jump on and, and use as analysts. Yeah, look, he's he's definitely made a lasting uh, lasting impression, you know, in terms of his passion. No more than yourself in terms of your passion about your analysis role. Um, and speaking there about your, about your workload, I was kind of thinking, well, how how does he have time to go to the shops, or how does he have time to do anything else, or you know, is 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 there any is there any sports that aside from football that you enjoy watching, or you know, you, you take from even as as a, as a coach or an analyst? Yeah, definitely. Uh, to be fair, I've I've always I've grown up. You know, watching all sports, you know, I've taken an interest in, in you know, never played them at necessarily the best level, but you know, watching, watching, I love watching rugby, your rugby union, um, you know, especially at the, the, the international level, um, you know, some, some, some great sports. I like watching golf, you know, the, you know, the top, top uh, golf, golf events, you know, especially the Masters and the, the, the top tennis. I, you know, I watch anything that's myself. In terms of what, what I'll take stuff, I, I like watching and, and uh, um, I like watching kind of, documentary you know you spoke about kind of what you've taken this 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 period i've watched loads of kind of the, the all or nothing documentaries on different teams and how backroom staff work and stuff like that so not only just watching the actual sport i actually watching how other organizations work and and, and you know not necessarily analysis but how, how do they run their you know backroom staff in terms of their you know general managers you know a lot of people watch the last dance obviously michael jordan and even seeing how that backroom staff worked in the 90s and 80s i think they were ahead of where football was at the time, 100% in terms of how they were working. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, I like watching other sports, like learning from other sports. I think, it's, you know, as, as an analyst, you can definitely learn from um, different different industries. You know, rugby are very, very um, clued up on and, and ahead, of, ahead of football, I say, in terms of how they live code games. So I talked about myself and Rob um, coding the game live, but I know in rugby, you'll see this, the coach is always up in the stand, the head coach. Um, and, and in front of them, if you if you ever pay pay attention uh, when you're watching next time, um, you'll see probably three or four guys with laptops. And you, know, you see on the back of the laptop normally the sponsor, but they're essentially the analysts of the team. So the coaches behind them looking at the analysts and they're they're dual coding um, different events and different tags and um, for for the teams, whereas the, the head coach can see that live. So that that's, that doesn't happen in football yet. You know, the head coach sits on the on the touchline and, and delivers from there, and we have that conversation with them from the from the stand down to the bench. But really, the actual um, the actual kind of you know coach seeing the analysis firsthand is 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 uh, you know not not in football yet and that might happen you know um, one or two managers sit up and stand first half sometimes and come down at half time but I think still the coach is still very firmly on the touchline in football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was an interesting trend. It looked like it threatened to happen a couple of years ago in the Premier League with a couple of managers sitting up in the stands. Um, 
and then it seemed almost like a punishment to sit up into the stands. So yeah, I think I think it's kind of yeah, it's seen a bit of a stigma, isn't it? When you get when you get sent to the stands, it seems to be a bit. But uh, you know, when I worked at Derby County, we had uh, Steve McLaren as the manager um, for a period of mm. time, or twice actually. Um, and he used to do first half sit up in the stand next to the area. So I think he's you know, probably one of the only um, managers that does do that. To be fair, I think he still does that. Does that when he when he coaches manages teams now? But apart from that, I can't name too many others that, that sit up in the stand and do that. Yeah, it's, it's it's quite interesting in terms of uh, looking at possible trends from that. It's because uh, it's definitely something that we look for in, in my own personal experience. That we look for, like on the bus home, we're coding footage. We don't have the the opportunity to have um, an analyst sit there and live tag or or anything like that. But uh, if we did, I think I think it's I think it's an immeasurable making a measurable difference to any team to have uh, that kind of resources. Again, what you do with the resources is up to the. Up to the managers, yeah. up to the players as well. Of course, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, it's, 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 uh, you know, I, I've said it multiple times. I, I, I see, you know, obviously I'm, I am coaching again now, but I see the analyst as a coach, really. You know, not not necessarily out on the grass telling people to, but they, you know, they have to have the skill set of a coach because ultimately they're they're giving the coaches the information, so they've got to be seeing the same things. They've got to have that relationship with them, um, you know, and and the trust that like I mentioned earlier with 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 the coaching staff, with the players so at times, if they're going to deliver that information or at least give it to someone to deliver, it has to be coming from the same kind of uh, tune book or hymn book, I suppose, is the, is the phrase. Yeah, yeah. You can't be going long ball if you want to play off from the back at the same exactly, time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, just look at just looking in terms of recommendations you might you may have or, you know, in terms of software, you mentioned Huddle Sports Code is kind of the leading, it's it's widely regarded anyway is the... Yeah, yeah. You know, it's well, well, kind of documented that you know it's not cheap as well. You know that's the problem. They, they kind of um, to have a license for sports code is not something you could have just recreationally. I suppose to have with your, your local grassroots team. But however, there is software out there that you can you can really available for, for, for what I class as a small fee. You know, maybe you know fifteen twenty pounds per month or for subscription or you know hundred fifty pound for the year. If that that's you know for me, if I was a coach of a grassroots team or or you know a team that didn't have a budget, I think that'd be a good investment. For myself as a coach or an analyst to, to learn a piece of software so this company's um knack sports um which are, are, they're all competitive as sports guys suppose, but knack sport um which are, are probably the the highest that i've come across in terms of that offer um a, a, an affordable solution um to be able to analyze games and uh, analyze footage um there's software called um longo match which i've, 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 I've again these these softwares i hadn't used myself because i've been lucky enough to be in a club where the software has been provided however i've been speaking to people and, and you know um to people quite often about kind of different different software so longo match and Naxport are the two that i've kind of recommend for anyone really looking to kind of get into analysis and trial kind of coding games and clipping games to to to, to have a look into um and again they're, they're both very available on um you know laptop and, and pc and, and macbook um the issue with sports code is it, it's, it's it's macbook only so it kind of it, it kind of clips people's wings when they think all right i've got not only got i've got to get the software i've now got to come and spend 1500 pound on a uh, or 1500 dollars on a, on a laptop and etc etc so um longo match and, and macsport are the two that i'd recommend if people are looking to do that and again they come at a small fee for they have different subscription models um but there's definitely they're definitely affordable for for the you know amateur coach or grassroots coach that are looking to get into to analysis or coaching yeah so so definitely not football manager online definitely not oh well, yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Uh, okay, and finally, just any recommendations you may have for coaches in terms of content that's out there. So you you mentioned previously Ray Powers' books. Yeah, to be fair, Ray Ray's a good friend of mine, um, so he's written written some books. Um, yeah, they, they, to be fair, like, you know, I've, I've I've probably used this time more than ever to kind of look on on social media and your own platform. To be fair, like you know, it's, it's there's so much good stuff happening out there, and it's you know, I don't feel that you can't follow too much if you know what I mean there's, there's there's so much out there um you know obviously people doing different um, um webinars instagram lives chats and that. Um, another good friend of mine's running a, a a similar thing to this really but on instagram live called soccer social um again he's had different speakers coaches um you know analysts you know all sports science people so all, all different people in there so you know that that's what i've found you're just listening to people there's some great documentaries that i t- talked about earlier on on, on amazon prime and, and netflix you know just all the sport ones really you know the, the way you can just just get an insight you know so you know what i what i've always craved you know even working this football now is to kind of find out what the other person is doing and just see, see if i can take one thing from from way people work and an example of that being you know i watched the all blacks um all or nothing documentary um and and every player in their meetings had a notebook and and that, that you know they didn't allude to it in the documentary but just in their team meetings their analysis meetings every player had a notebook on their in their hand now i don't know if they're writing anything down but obviously that's part of their their culture and their, their mantra and their, their you know the way of working is that every player must turn up with a with a notepad in their hand <laughs> you know now I don't know how I'm going to get that across to, to our first team manager to make sure you get that into our bit way of working. But obviously, you know, the little things like that I'm taking. Um, what else? There's, there's, there's some great other podcasts, obviously. Um, you know, you, you've, you've said you've, you've done a few yourself in terms of putting them out there. But um, in terms of listening to, to the elite people, I, I, I love listening to stories of, of, of players. I love reading autobiographies myself. But um, there's, a, there's a podcast called The High Performance Podcast. It's by um, Jake Humphrey and, and Damien, I think it's Damien Hughes. And they've had some unbelievable guest speakers on there from um, Pochettino to um, Sean Dyches on there, about Robin Van Persie. But then also for, uh, people from other walks of life as well. So um, the owner the owner of... Um, the, no, she's the she's the owner of a, not on the high street. She's talking about high performance lifestyle, and, and it's so interesting getting these all little snippets of people from different walks of life. Um, you know, just just see if you can take one little soundbite from them. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's worth listening to. I think so. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of how I've been spending my time and recommendations really just to kind of have it have a look out there. If you like listening to something, you know, keep listening. That's what I've I've kind of tried to do. Brilliant, that you've. Uh... You've, you've seemed to be as busy as a three-game week in the last couple of weeks, even no games. But I, th- I, think, that, I think that's what, what, what football tre- uh, you know, kind of teaches us, that we have to be open and we have to keep searching for a, a new solution or a new answer to a problem we mightn't even have yet. And, and like I said, there's, there's always something, I find there's always something more, more experienced than you out there. Um, and you can learn something off them. You know, for instance, even these, this, me speaking to you today, if someone take one thing from me today, then that's worth me doing this, you know. Um, you know and and, and I'll, I'll continue to look to learn off other people. And, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to, to, to speak to anyone and ask anyone questions, really. I think that's that's my biggest thing I've, I've learned as much throughout my career is just ask questions, just, just chuck questions at people because they, you know, the worst thing they can do is say no and not answer it. But, you know, most of the time people will, will answer you back and, and kind of give you, give you an answer to the question you've got. Yeah, no, it's it's great. It's been it's been really really good having you on here, and you know, um, people have thrown in the questions which have helped um, allow the conversation to flow. You know, and it's it's so so important that uh, people do ask questions and are inquisitive, and that's coming from both coaches and players because the minute you stop asking questions, the game's gone past you. Um, so, listen, I I can't thank you enough for your time. 
uh, your enthusiasm, fun. your insight. Um, in terms of analysis now, I, I'm probably going to have to get my hat on and look a bit at games a different way now over the next couple of weeks. But um, it's definitely been enjoyable and educational. So thanks a million, Tom. No, pleasure. No, I'm pleased to come on. Like I say, if you have any, if any other questions come through after this, feel free to forward them on to me. I'm happy to answer anything if anyone has anything. You're listening to the Coach Ella podcast with your host, Phil Trill.